Chapter Nine of The Precipice by Ivan Goncharov, translated by M. Bryant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The days passed quietly by. Every morning the sun climbed up through the blue air and lighted up the Volga and its banks. At midday the snowy clouds crept up, often piled one on another until the blue sky was hidden and the cooling rain fell on woods and fields then once more the clouds stole away before the approach of the warm pleasant evening life at malinovka passed just as peacefully the naivete of the surroundings had not yet lost its charm for raisky the sunshine insinuating itself everywhere his aunt's kind face marfinka's friendliness and the willing attention of the servants made up a pleasant friendly environment he even felt pleasure in the watchful guardianship that his aunt exercised over him he smiled when she preached order to him warned him of crime and temptation reproached him for his gypsy tendencies and tried to lead him to a definite plan of life he liked tit nikonitch and saw in his courtesy and his extreme good manners his care for his health and the universal esteem and affection in which he was held a survival from the last century when he felt very good-tempered he found even polina karpovna's eccentricities amusing she had induced him to lunch with her one day when she assured him that she was not indifferent to him and that he himself was on the eve of returning her sentiments the even monotonous life lulled him like a cradle song he wrote idly at his novel strengthened the situation here grouped a scene there or accentuated a character he watched his aunt leonti and his wife and marfinka all looked at the villages and fields lying in an enchanted sleep along the banks of the Volga. In this ocean of silence he caught notes which he could interpret in terms of music, and determined, in his abundant leisure, to pursue the subject. One day, after a lonely walk along the shore, he climbed the cliff and passed Kozlov's house. Seeing that the windows were lighted, he was going up to the door when suddenly he heard someone climb over the fence and jump down into the garden. Standing in the shadow of the fence, Raisky hesitated. He was afraid to sound the alarm until he knew whether it was a thief or an admirer of Yuliana Andreevna's, some Monsieur Charles or other. However, he decided to pursue the intruder and promptly climbed the fence and followed him. The man stopped before a window and hammered on the pane. That is no thief, possibly Mark, thought Raisky. He was right. Philosopher, open, quick, cried the intruder. Go round to the entrance, said Leontie's voice dully through the glass. To the entrance to wake the dog? Open! Wait, said Leontie, and as he opened the window, Mark swung himself into the room. Who is that behind you? Whom have you brought with you? asked Leonti in terror. No one? Do you imagine there's a ghost? Ah, there is someone scrambling up. Boris? You? How did you happen to arrive together? 
he exclaimed as Raisky sprang into the room. Mark cast a hasty glance on Boris and turned to Leonti. Give me another pair of trousers. Have you any wine in the house? What is the matter and where have you been? asked Leonti suddenly, who had just noticed that Mark was covered up to the waist with wet and slime. Give me another pair of trousers quick, said Mark impatiently. What is the good of chattering? I have no wine, because we drank it all at dinner, when Monsieur Charles was our guest. Where do you keep your clothes? My wife is asleep, and I don't know. You must ask of Dottier. Fool! I will find them myself. He took a light and went into the next room. You see what he is like, sighed Leonti, addressing Raisky. After about ten minutes, Mark returned with the trousers, and Leonti questioned him as to how he had got wet through. I was crossing the Volga in a fishing boat. The ass of a fisherman fell asleep and brought us right up to the reeds by the island, and we had to get out among the reeds to extricate the boat. Without taking any heed of Raisky, he changed his trousers and sat down with his feet drawn up under him in the great armchair so that his knees were on a level with his face, and he supported his bearded chin upon them. Raisky observed him silently. Mark was twenty-seven, built as if his muscles were iron and well-proportioned. A thick mane of light brown hair framed his pale face with its high-arched forehead and fell in long locks on his neck. The full beard was paler in color. His open, bold, irregular, rather thin face was illuminated every now and then by a smile, of which it was hard to read the meaning. One could not tell whether it spelt vexation, mockery, or pleasure. His gray eyes could be bold and commanding, but for the most part wore a cold expression of contempt. Tied up in a knot as he was, he now sat motionless with staring eyes, stirring neither hand nor foot. There was something restless and watchful in the motionless attitude, as in that of a dog apparently at rest but ready to spring. Suddenly his eyes gleamed and he turned to Raisky. You will have brought some good cigars from St. Petersburg, he began without ceremony. Give me one. Raisky offered his cigar case and reminded Leonti that he had not introduced them. What need is there of introduction? You came in by the same way, and both know who the other is. Words of wisdom from the scholar, ejaculated Mark. That same Mark of whom I wrote to you, don't you remember? said Leonti. Wait, I will introduce myself, cried Mark, springing from the easy chair. He posed ceremoniously and bowed. I have the honor to present myself, Mark Volokov, under police surveillance, involuntary citizen of this town. He puffed away at his cigar and again rolled himself up in a ball. What do you do with yourself here? asked Raisky. I think, as you do, you love art and perhaps an artist. And are you an artist? Painter and musician, broke in Leonti. And now he is writing a novel. Take care, brother, he may put you in too. 
Raisky signed to him to be silent. Yes, I am an artist, Mark went on, but of a different kind. Your aunt will have acquainted you with my works. She won't hear your name mentioned. There you have it. But it was only a matter of a hundred apples or so that I plucked from over the fence. The apples are mine. You may take as many as you like. Many thanks. But why should I need your permission? I am accustomed to do everything in this life without permission. Therefore I will take the apples without your permission. They taste better. I was curious to make your acquaintance. I hear so many tales about you. What do they say? Little that is good. Probably they tell you I am a thief, a monster, the terror of the neighborhood. That's about it. But if this reputation precedes me, why should you seek my acquaintance? I have torn your books, as no doubt our friend there has informed you. There he is to the point, cried Leonti. I am glad he began the subject himself. He is a good sort at the bottom. If one is ill, he waits on one like a nurse, runs to the chemist, and takes any amount of trouble, but the rascal wanders round and gives no one any peace. Don't chatter so, interrupted Mark. For that matter, said Raisky, everybody does not abuse you. Titnikonich Vatutin, for instance, goes out of his way to speak well of you. Is it possible? The sugar marquis. I left him some souvenirs of my presence. More than once I have waked him in the night by opening his bedroom window. He is always fussing about his health, but in all the forty years since he came here no one remembers him to have been ill. I shall never return the money he lent me. What more provocation would he have? And yet he praises me. So that is your department of art, said Raisky gaily. What kind of an artist are you? It is your turn to tell me. I love and adore beauty. I love art, draw, and make music. And just now I am trying to write a great work, a novel. Yes, yes, I see. You are an artist of the kind we all are. All? With us Russians everybody is an artist. They use the chisel, paint, strum, write poetry, as you and your like do. Others drive in the mornings to the courts or the government offices. Others sit before their stalls playing drafts. And still others stick on their estates. Art is everywhere. Do you feel no desire to enter any of these categories? I have tried, but don't know how to. What brought you here? I don't know myself. It is all the same to me where I go. I had a letter summoning me here from my aunt, and I came. Mark busied himself in his thoughts and took no further interest in Raisky. Raisky, on the other hand, examined the extraordinary person before him attentively, studied the expression of his face, followed his movements, and tried to grasp the outline of a strong character. Thank God, he said to himself, that I am not the only idle, aimless person here. In this man there is something similar. He wanders about, reconciles himself to his fate, and does nothing. I at least draw and try to write my novel, while he does nothing. 
is he the victim of secret discord like myself is he always struggling between two fires imagination straying upward to the ideal lures him on on the one hand man nature and life in all its manifestations on the other he is attracted by a cold destructive analysis which allows nothing to live and will forget nothing an analysis that leads to eternal discontent and blighting cold is that his secret he glanced at mark who was already drowsy good-bye leontie he said it's time i was going home what am i to do with him he can stay here all right think of the books it's leaving the goat loose in the vegetable garden i might wheel him in the armchair into that dark little room and lock him in thought leontie but if he woke he might pull the roof down mark helped him out of his dilemma by jumping to his feet i'm going with you he said to raisky it is time for you to go to bed philosopher he said to leontie don't sit up at nights you have already got a yellow patch on your face and your eyes are hollow he put out the light stuffed on his cap and leapt out of the window raisky followed his example and they went down the garden once more climbed the fence and came out in the street listen said mark i am hungry and leonti has nothing to give me can you help me to storm an inn as far as i am concerned but the things can be managed without the application of force it is late and the inns are shut no one will open willingly especially when it is known that i am in the case consequently we must enter by storm we will call far and then they will open at once and we can get in and be hurled out into the street again there you are wrong it is possible that i might be refused entrance but once in i remain a siege a row at night ah, you are afraid of the police laughed mark you are thinking of what the governor would decide on in such a serious case what neil andreevich would say how the company would take it now good-bye i will go and stall my entrance alone wait i have another more delightful plan said raisky my aunt cannot you say bear to hear your name only the other day she declared she would in no circumstances give you hospitality well what then come home with me to supper and stay the night with me that's not a bad plan let us go they walked in silence almost feeding their way through the darkness when they came to the fence of the malinovka estate which bounded the vegetable garden raisky proposed to climb it it would be better said mark to go by way of the orchard or from the precipice here we shall wake the house and must make a circuit in addition i always go the other way you come here into the garden what to do to get apples you have my permission so long as tatiana markham does not catch you i shan't be caught so easily look someone has just leaped over the fence like us hi stop don't try to hide who's there halt raisky come and help me he ran forward a few paces and seized someone raisky hurried to the point from which voices were audible remarking what cat's eyes you have 
the man who was held fast by mark's strong arms twisted round to free himself and in the end fell to the ground and made for the fence catch him hold fast there is another stinking round in the vegetable garden cried raisky raisky saw dimly a figure about to spring down from the fence and demanded who it was sir let me go do not ruin me whispered a woman's voice is it you marina what are you doing here gently sir don't call me by name savelli will hear and will beat me off with you no stop i have found you at the right moment can you bring some supper to my room anything sir only for god's sake don't betray me i won't betray you tell me what there is in the kitchen the whole supper is there as you did not come no one ate anything there is sturgeon in jelly turkey all on ice bring it and what about wine there is a bottle in the sideboard and the fruit liqueurs are in marfa vasilievna's room be careful not to wake her she sleeps soundly let me go now sir for my husband may hear us run but take care you don't run into him he dare not do anything if he does meet me now i shall tell him that you have given me orders meanwhile mark had dragged his men from hiding Savely leech the unknown murmured don't strike me i ought to know the voice said raisky ah you are not Savely leech thank god i sir i'm the gardener from over there what are you doing here i came on a real errand sir our clock has stopped and i came here to wait for the church clock to strike devil take you cried mark and gave the man a push that sent him reeling the man sprang over the ditch and vanished in the darkness raisky meantime returned to the main entrance he tried to open the door not wishing to knock for fear of awaking his aunt marina he called in a low voice marina open the bolt was pushed back raisky pushed open the door with his foot before him stood he recognized the voice savelli who flung himself upon him and held him wait my little dove i will make my reckoning with you not with marina take your hands off savelli it is i who not the master exclaimed savelli loosening his prisoner you are so good as to call marina but after a pause have you not seen her i had already asked her to leave some supper for me and to open the door he said untruthfully by way of protecting the unfaithful wife she had already heard that i am here now let my guest pass shut the door and go to bed yes sir said savelli and went slowly to his quarters meeting marina on the way why aren't you in bed you demon she cried dashing past him you sneak around at night you might be twisting the manes of the horses like a goblin and put me to shame before the gentry marina sped past light-footed as a sylph skilfully balancing dishes and plates in her hands and vanished into the dark night savelli's answer was a threatening gesture with his whip mark was indeed hungry and as raisky showed no hesitation either the sturgeon soon disappeared and when marina came to clear away there was not much to take now we should like something sweet suggested raisky no sweets are left marina assured them 
but i could get some preserves of which Vasilisa has the keys better still punch said mark have you any rum probably she said in answer to an inquiring glance from raisky the cook was given a bottle this morning for a pudding i will see marina returned with a bottle of rum a lemon and sugar and then left the room the bowl was soon in flames which lighted up the darkened room with their pale blue light mark stirred it with the spoon while the sugar held between two spoons dripped slowly into the bowl from time to time he tasted it how long have you been in our town asked raisky after a short silence about two years you must assuredly be bored i try to amuse myself he said pouring out a glass for himself and emptying it drink he said pushing a glass towards raisky raisky drank slowly not from inclination but out of politeness to his guest it must be essential for you to do something and yet you appear to do nothing and what do you do i told you i am an artist show me proof of your art at the moment i have nothing except a trifling thing and even that is not complete he rose from the divan and uncovered marfinka's portrait hm. it's like her and good declared mark he told himself that raisky had talent and it would be excellent but the head is too large in proportion and the shoulders a trifle broad he has a straight eye thought raisky i like best lightly observed background and accessories from which the figure detaches itself light gay and transparent you have found the secret of marfinka's figure the tone suits her hair and her complexion raisky recognized that he had taste and comprehension and wondered if he were really an artist in a disguise do you know marfinka he asked yes and vera vera too where have you met my cousins you do not come to the house at church at church but they say you never look inside a church i don't exactly remember where i have seen them in the village in the field raisky concluded his guest was a drunkard as he drank down glass after glass of punch mark guessed his thoughts you think it extraordinary that i should drink i do it out of sheer boredom because i'm idle and have no occupation but don't be afraid that i shall set the house on fire or murder anybody today i am drinking more than usual because i am tired and cold but i am not a drunkard it depends on ourselves whether we are idle or not when you climbed over leontes fence i thought you were a sensible individual but now i see that you belong to the same kind of preaching person as neil andreevich is it true that you fired on him asked raisky curiously what nonsense i fired a shot among the pigeons to empty the barrel of my gun as i was returning from hunting he came up and shouted that i should stop because it was sinful if he had been content with protesting i should merely have called him a fool and there it would have ended but he began to stamp and to threaten 
I will have you put in prison, you ruffian, and will have you locked up where not even the raven will bring you a bone. I allowed him to run through the whole gamut of polite remarks and listened calmly, and then I too came at him, and he ducked, lost his stick and galoshes, finally squatted on the ground and whimpered for forgiveness. I shot into the air, that's all. A pretty distraction, commented Dreisky ironically. No distraction, said Mark seriously. There was more in it, a badly needed lesson for the old boy. And then what? Nothing. He lied to the governor, saying that I had aimed at him, but missed. If I had been a peaceful citizen of the town, I should have been thrust into jail without delay. But as I am an outlaw, the governor inquired into the matter and advised Neil Andreevich to say nothing, so that no inquiry should be instituted from St. Petersburg. They fear that like far. When I spoke of idleness, said Raisky, I did not mean to read a moral. Yet when I see what your mind, your abilities, and your education are, what have you seen? That I can climb a hedge, shoot at a fool, eat and drink heavily? He asked as he drained his glass. Raisky watched him and wondered uneasily how it would all end. We were speaking of the art you love so much said mark i have been snatched from art as if from my mother's breast sighed raisky but i shall return and shall reach my goal no you will not laughed mark why not don't you believe in firm intentions how should i do otherwise since they say the way to hell is paved with them no you will do little more than you have accomplished already that is very little we and many like us simply rot and die the only wonder is that you don't drink that is how our artists half men usually end their careers smiling he thrust a glass towards his host but emptied it himself raisky concluded that he was cold malicious and heartless but the last remark had disturbed him was he really only half a man? Had he not a firm determination to reach the goal he had set before himself? He was only making fun of him. You see that I don't drink away my talents, he remarked. Yes, that is an improvement, a step forward. You haven't succumbed to society, to perfumes, gloves and dancing. Drinking is a different thing. It goes to one man's head. Another is susceptible to passion. Tell me, do you easily take far? Ah, I have touched the spot, he went on as Raisky colored. That belongs to the artistic temperament, to which nothing is foreign. Nihil humanum, etc. One loves wine, another women, a third cards. The artists have usurped all these things for themselves. Now kindly explain what I am. What you are. Why an artist, without doubt, who on a first acquaintance will drink, storm public houses, shoot, borrow money, and not repay it. Bravo! 
an admirable description to justify your last remark and prove its truth beyond doubt lend me a hundred roubles i will never pay them back unless you and i should have exchanged our respective situations in life you say that in jest not at all the market gardener with whom i live feeds me he has no money nor have i raisky shrugged his shoulders felt in his pockets produced his pocket-book and laid some notes on the table you have counted wrong said mark there are only eighty here i have no more money on me my aunt keeps my money and i will send you the balance to-morrow don't forget this is enough for the moment and now i want to sleep my bed is at your disposal and i will sleep on the divan you are my guest i should be worse than a tatar if i did that murmured mark already half asleep lie down on your bed anything will do for me in a few minutes he was sleeping the sleep of a tired satisfied and drunken man worn out with cold and weariness raisky went to the window raised the curtain and looked out into the dark starlit night now and then a flame hovered over the unemptied bowl flared up and lighted up the room for a moment there was a gentle tap on the door uh, who is there he asked ay borushka open quickly what are you doing there said the anxious voice of tatiana markovna raisky opened the door and saw his aunt before him like a white-clad ghost what is going on here i saw a light through the window and thought you were asleep what is burning in the bowl rum do you drink punch at night she whispered looking first at him then at the bowl in amazement i am a sinner grandmother sometimes i drink and who is lying there asleep she asked in new terror as she gazed on the sleeping mark gently grandmother don't wake him it is mark mark shall i send for the police what have you to do with him you have been drinking punch at night with mark what has come over you boris pavlovitch i found him at leontes we were both hungry so i brought him here and we had supper why didn't you call me who served you and what did they bring you marina did everything a cold meal ah borushka you shame me we had plenty to eat plenty without a single hot dish without dessert i will send up some preserves no no if you want anything i can wake mark and ask him good heavens i am in my night jacket she whispered and drew back to the door how he sleeps all rolled up like a little dog i'm ashamed boris pavlovitch as if we had no beds in the house but put out the flames no dessert Raisky extinguished the blue flame and embraced the old lady she made the sign of the cross over him looked round the room once more and went out on tiptoe just as he was going to lie down again there was another tap on the door he opened it immediately marina entered bearing a jar of preserves then she brought a bed and two pillows the mistress sent them she said 
Raisky laughed heartily and was almost moved to tears. End of chapter 9